the long and the short of it is there's a lot of companies out there that are seizing the opportunity to try and work with schools. They just need to do it in the right way. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So on today's episode of Learning Unbox, we have a special treat because we are going to talk with a serial entrepreneur, and I'm, I'm providing that label to our guest today because he has had a remarkable journey in the innovation and entrepreneurship space and education over and over again. And I suspect as part of the conversation, um, we are going to sort of learn about a lot of lessons, a lot of successes, a lot of failures, and a lot of decision making that said, hey, we need to do something differently, and here is why. And so joining me today is Josh Chernikoff, um, who is an innovative entrepreneur, advisor, strategist with 20 plus years of experience in education, broadcast journalism, sales, marketing, and communications. And I think that's intriguing combination of skill sets that Josh has applied to himself, and they probably carry the day on some of the work that he's done. So Josh, welcome to the program. Thank you. I think they... They carry the day, they carry the hour, sometimes mm -hmm. they carry the minute. You know, when you're an, an entrepreneur, you got to be able to bob and weave with whatever's going on. Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> yes, all of the time from pen, penthouse to the outhouse in, in a matter of minutes, it can happen. I love that, actually. You know, I've got to borrow that down in the future. That's a good one. <laughs> what happens, that. you know it. You know it does it. indeed. So, Josh, let's sort of set the stage for our listeners who come to this program from all over the world. So, first and foremost, let's let's sort of set the stage for why on earth are, are we having a conversation with you as it relates to the, the your particular work? Because you've started a, a number of companies over the years, right? You know, you, you are by design innovative and an entrepreneur, so you've seen this need, and you've been in the education space. Um, with an intriguing sort of collective background set, as we indicated before. So let's start with the sort of the big why. Why did you find yourself as an innovator and entrepreneur in the middle of education? The, the truth of the matter is I was not a very good student. So it certainly wasn't because I had a, a background in education or a degree in education. Back in 2007, I was working actually for what they were called at the time, the Washington Redskins. I needed a break. I needed to get out of that toxic, toxic situation. Didn't even know how toxic it was, but you know, I knew I needed to get out. And I started doing some tutoring and I really loved it. And I was actually really good at it. When I worked with a kid who just needed to read, he had two older sisters who were very successful, just like me in school. And he just needed to learn how to read better. And we connected. And so from there, I got another student and I got another student. And I was just doing this tutoring. I was enjoying it. I was making decent money. And I decided to pitch a story to a friend of mine because of my journalism background, who was at the local NBC affiliate in DC. And it was summer brain drain, you know, and I was, okay, I'm, I'm not going to try and, you know, abuse the relationship here. It was a relevant story. It was May, May, middle of May. So summer brain drain was, was a good story. And when you're in Washington, DC and Jim and Doreen talk about your company, you know, it's gospel. 
And so I was, we were on the local, we were on, you know, the, the final story at like the six o'clock news and the company took off from there. And it was the first business I had started and, and it grew exponentially over that. And it, and I owned it for 10 years and it was a, you know, a boutique one-to-one in-home tutoring company. We expanded and started doing some summer camps, but mainly one-to-one in-home. I literally, and this, you know, impacts the story later. I couldn't give away online tutoring. I tried at that time. You know, it was it was, it was getting a little more popular. And then in the process, I started in a, an after-school enrichment company because one of the moms who was uh, we were tutoring her son came to me and said, "Would you run a homework club at the school?" I said, "Well, of course. You know, I would do it for free." I didn't say that, uh, <laughs> but I thought that. And she said, well, we'll get you the rooms. We'll get you paid. We'll make the flyers and I'll go promote. And I'm thinking, why are you doing all this? So I think kind of my journalism kicked in and I started talking to her and she said, well, this is enrichment. This is how enrichment goes in schools, not aftercare, different. This is enrichment. And I said, well, this seems like a business to me. So there you go. Business number two is getting going at that point. That's in 2010. And that business grew from one school to uh, doing enrichment partners with partnering with PTAs to summer camps, aftercare, 82 schools, letter of intent signed, boom, coronavirus rolls in and the letter of intent is recent. So, you know, to kind of answer your your question, I, I think when I when I lie myself down on the couch and I think about why why did I really get in this space, it's because I wasn't an amazing student, but I worked with a lot of tutors who sparked uh, my interest, the way it needed to be sparked, and I enjoyed being out of school. So I really enjoyed, you know, the aftercare experiences and the enrichment experiences I had. So I zeroed in on that. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because we've talked to so many self-proclaimed or labeled otherwise, take your pick, right? Um, entrepreneurs or innovators on this program. It's a it's a trend I see uh, frequently in this particular space. And what I can tell you is. Almost to a one, when you really dig into those backstories, that journey that got somebody to that particular space, I hear over and over again, you know, I wasn't the greatest student, (laughs) right? It didn't necessarily fit for me. And I also hear repeatedly, but it's all that sort of extension, that very applied, that hands-on or that one-on-one or that after school or out of school, those camps, take your pick. Those were the experiences that were the catalyst for many of these folks that we talk to that are much like yourself, incredibly creative, very dynamic. They can seize opportunity. They, they truly, truly think outside the box. And I also think that it's one of those pieces that really sort of sets the stage for the moment that we're in, you know, and the, the global pandemic, not, not, not a great thing by any stretch of anybody's imagination, right? But the reality of it is, is it provided an intriguing opportunity in the bigger, broader world of education, both from technologies and innovations, rapid prototyping and cycling. It's really the space of great entrepreneurs. Yes. Now is the time. And, and you know, my, my story continues a little bit with selling my tutoring company, with selling my enrichment company, and then starting this third company, which, you know, if it, they feel like kids, I only have one kid, you know, my wife, and I only have one child, but I feel like I've had three kids and I feel like I know a lot now. I know much more now as I've started this, this new company, Cascade Communications. 
And I am getting to work with some of these amazing CEOs who are coming with these ideas that, that, like you said, the pandemic has provided them with an opportunity. Whether you want to say the system is broken or obsolete or needs rebuilding, whatever it is, there's an opportunity depending on how you look at it. And so some of those CEOs that I'm working with, we're helping them, you know, bring in new leads because I've over the years I've developed a list of over 200,000 contacts in the in the education space. We're building you know what is best you could call them webinars but they're not they're, they're live TV events around, you know, thought leadership. And then we're also working with them for them to understand how to approach principals and PTAs and superintendents because those people have more on their plate than ever before. So you can't be Josh Chernikoff circa 2010, kind of a bull in a china shop walking in, you know, and say, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to be at your school. You got to yeah, really. You can't come in and say, hey, I'm here and this is what I do, right? That doesn't exactly. work anymore. Yeah. It does not work. And, <clears throat> and you need to try multiple channels to try and reach these people. You need to be patient. You need to be creative. And, you know, so we're, we're working on those things at Cascade Communications and they are working. You know, granted, we've got some clients who are doing super cool things, everything from First Root, which is a financial literacy mixed with some civics, and they're literally giving kids money to to play with, to learn about financial literacy, all the way to a a company called um, Family Learning Company, which is teaching literacy through families, and they're working with PTAs. And so, you know, that's how I cut my teeth. So I I definitely know how to talk to those folks. Um, But the long and the short of it is there's a lot of companies out there that are seizing the opportunity to try and work with schools. They just need to do it in the right way. So how do you then, that's an intriguing thing, and we've definitely seen so much of this. And again, you know, I think that there was this intriguing opportunity brought on by the pandemic with, you know, traditional sort of school environments struggling and scrambling, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we we saw schools that had great success with the scramble and the innovation themselves through the pandemic, and some that were kind of in the middle road and some that were absolute crash and burns, right? And you would expect in this ecosystem to see that full range of experiences. But one of the things that I thought has been super, super intriguing to me, and, and I guess this is sort of the sort of sets up sort of my question to you specifically for this, is that as schools or school districts or even communities were suddenly scrambling with how do we ensure that we can continue with great teaching and learning, however we locally want to define that, there was this initially this sort of lack of stuff that's out there in this hobbling together of existing technologies or systems, you know, the Zoom platform that we're using right now. Classic, perfect example, right? You know, and for love it, hate it, doesn't make any difference. The reality is Zoom became a game changer in across the entire ecosystem and then other platforms followed. But it was really sort of the the lead um, and maybe even still is. That's That's sort of debatable in that space. But it was intriguing to me about sort of the breadth and depth of that scramble of grabbing these these technologies or these opportunities and mechanisms that were out there and then asking the question, okay, what, what do I need next to truly be effective? And then suddenly we started to see, I think, all of these entrepreneurs who had had ideas or had, had experience, and many of them, I would also argue, were parents who were living yeah. through 
the pandemic experience and it was super, super tough. Yeah. Yeah. You just took me back down memory road, <laughs> laying there a little bit. I was thinking of remembering for our daughter who's seven now. So she was five then, mm, you know, going that's online. Tough. Kindergarten yeah. through the pandemic. I mean, I, I feel for every parent. My, my youngest is in high school and I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily we've got a great kid and she was, she loves to learn anywhere. So that's, that was helpful. But you know, it was it was a challenging time. And to tell you the truth, one of one of my clients that I've worked with very closely is called Click2. And Click2 is an, an enrich a platform for enriching providers to take their teaching online. Think of the mad scientists of the world of overtime athletics. And the CEO and I are very close. His name is Dotan Tamir. He's, a, he's an amazing CEO. And right around the time that he was starting Click2, I thought, you know, I can, I can take all of our providers and take them online. And I created Flex One, you know, online enrichment. And I thought, I got this thing. And um, well, Flex One doesn't exist anymore, but Click2 does. And what ended up happening was I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily pull it off, but I was able to join another team who had the same vision. And I think we all were scrambling to try and figure out, you know, whether it was Google Classroom during the school day or, you know, what are we going to do after school because parents were still working and kids were still home. It was a tough time, but it was a mad scramble. And I think, you know, I, I want to draw kind of a, a generalization, but it's tough. You know, I, I think that it just depended on the teacher. Sometimes it depended on the county. Sometimes it depended on the superintendent. Sometimes it was private versus public. So I can't really broad strokes, you know, kind of say that that these people did it better than others. I think everybody did their best. And I think it and at least for us as parents, it came down to communication yeah. and expectations. Right. Right. And you know, through all of that, and then as you are now started this new company, Cascade Communications, and you're working with all of these entrepreneurs and innovators in the education, business, design, development, innovation space, technology, it sounds like a lot of that. How do you, how do you coach those folks to be able to have the conversations that are necessary? Once they get into the K-12 setting, once you're in the door, because one of the things that I hear, and I'm sure that you hear it as well from administrators, is we're being pounded with so much stuff. It is really, really difficult to figure out what stuff we want, what stuff we don't, what stuff is just noise or one more thing, right? And I think this is a really intriguing piece because we work with schools all the time around the preparation, right, of students in that entrepreneurial mindset, and you're on the other end of this spectrum. And so I suspect the coaching that you provide to your entrepreneurs about how it is you actually go in there and know and understand what's truly needed versus whether or not... Because part of, part of the issue here is you may have a great product, but in a certain community, it is in fact just noise. It's not necessary and it shouldn't be there. And a great entrepreneur can figure that out really quickly and say, you know what? This is not what you need. I, I hear what you're saying. You need this thing over here. Let me help you out, right? That's the sign of, I think, of a fabulous business and entrepreneur person. And schools are trying to, to get kids sort of in that space as well. So how do you help your clients and their potential clients, right, find the right moment? Yeah, well, and you're, so first of all, I, unfortunately, I think it's all noise. 
you know, it truly is. There's so, so many emails going out and, and there's so, so many ways to contact people. So it's mostly noise until it's, you know, like classical, beautiful music. And it's what they want to hear. I think of myself kind of as like a pitching coach. I have a team around me now who, you know, we have a, a media production team who does the webinars that we put on. And again, I'm not even doing them justice because they're live TV events. We, we have a team that deals with lead generation, which makes sure that the bounce rates are right. You know, that we don't use your top level domain. We want to protect that. My role is to work with the CEO. And I've got, and, and, and I, can, I can call Luke out on this at first root, you know, because he's a friend of mine. We've been working together for many months now. You know, he comes in, he's throwing 110 miles an hour. And I'm like, Luke, I need you to bring it down to like 80 or 70, you know, and, and he's, he's, you know, Luke will always say he's very coachable and he really is. He wants to listen and he's super passionate. And then we have some other clients that I have to work one-on-one with for them to throw a little harder throw the right way, but throw a little harder. For example, you know, we may hear back from a principal that says, you know, your social emotional learning product is fantastic, but we have this one that we're working with. Let's just call right. it playtime, right. playtime SEO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, to me, the right response to that is we all believe in SEL, especially in this moment in time. I'd love to learn more about playtime. Can you tell me what what you like about them, you know, really engage them. Maybe you can open a conversation. Maybe there's space in that school for, for two products, but at least you've begun to get to know that person and really understand what they like in a tool because two things, you've got a new friend. Second, you've got a friend who clearly believes in social emotional learning products in their school. So, you know, I have to work very closely with our CEOs to say, easy or, you know, let's bring a little more heat. But at the same time, they always have to remember that the person at the other end of that line, you know, is is dealing with a lot more than they've ever dealt with in their mm-hmm. lives, in their position in a school system. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an interesting sort of approach and I really appreciate it, but I'm really curious. So if you, Josh, were to flip that around and be that principal or that superintendent, what is that conversation? What's the value add from that perspective? In which 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 conversation? The social well, emotion? Yeah, so just, just yeah. carry through with that, right? So you've got this principal who's responding, saying, hey, this is really intriguing, but we have this other thing, right? So, you know, that, that because there's so much value in understanding that perspective and, and, and hoping that that perspective is not just about, well, we've already made this investment, so we're going to use it. Because, a, you know, a great school leader, just like a great industry or corporate leader, is going to be much deeper than that, right? And, and they're going to get super creative. And if they find something that is going to be a much, much better fit, bottom line can be worked around. It's not always easy. Don't get me wrong. But, but there are lots of opportunities. So I'm super curious about, you know, if you were to sit in that side of the equation, what would, what would your coaching bag be? Because there is value add there from that perspective as well. There might not be any value add in that moment because that principal might be receiving that email, walking down the hallway to meet an angry parent. Mm -hmm. And so they may just file it. And it might not be, if we sent it today, it might not be until June that they look at it. Yeah. But they saw it. Mm -hmm. They might just put in their email social emotional learning and it might pop back up. There's a school in Northwest D.C., that it took me four years 
to win them as a client. Hmm. And to this day, they are still the biggest client for my former company. Hmm. And I kept on their radar and I waited. And the moment that they were ready to meet, we were meeting in less than 24 hours of politics and pros on Connecticut Avenue, Northwest DC, Mm -hmm. which is close to their school. Mm -hmm. So I think, I hope that from the administrator's standpoint, they see it as we're here for you. We really do want to understand you and the space and this great product that you have so we can be better Mm -hmm. because we may just go out and find another school and we're going to be, you know, a little bit better at what we do because we learned about this great product. Mm -hmm. I've never believed in competition Mm -hmm. in the education space. There are so many kids. There are so many schools. There are so many needs. And this was my philosophy when I owned an in-person tutoring company, Mm -hmm. you know, that was really relegated to the Washington, D.C. area where I started. So now that we are worldwide, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. reach parents and kids using Zoom and all these other great tools like Click2, competition doesn't exist. So I hope that the value add is something that comes to a principal when the time is right for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. What do you think is going to be the next crucial moment in that landscape? So again, thinking about um, your work with Cascade and the, the, the coaching that's going on, part of, I know I'm making a giant assumption here, right, is you're constantly scanning the ecosystem because that plays, and again, that comes back to that sort of understanding as we think about schools and teachers, you know, working on helping kids be entrepreneurial, right? You know, one of the things that we talk with them frequently about is that sort of understanding what the future may hold. And some of it's a, a, a bit of a you know, the, the, the miraculous little glass ball, but it, it, it's steeped in some actual really tangible data and understanding that lets you sort of move forward. How do you, how do you navigate that with those, those CEO clients? Are most of them, you think, pretty adept at understanding that? Or is that one of those components that you have to spend a tremendous amount of time coaching folks on? Because the um, speed, the rate and pace of change, right? It's so, it's so great right now. If you pause too long, you, you know, you're going to be sort of out of the loop, I think. How's that work? Yeah, it's almost like it's truly, we had an experience yesterday with one of our clients. It's almost as fast as the news cycle. Yeah. Because we, you know, we had a client who wrote a really great, it actually is a social emotional learning company. Hey kiddo, great entrepreneur. Her name is Nicole Lipkin. And she wrote this amazing piece about unmasking and, you know, how principals and and counselors can work with their kids to get them comfortable with or without the mask at this moment. And then yesterday you you read, and I'm not not trying to be an alarmist here, but you read it, that that another wave is potentially coming. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and she's like, Josh, did I, did I miss my moment? Mm -hmm. Like, is this, is this article obsolete? Mm -hmm. So I think it's working with entrepreneurs to, to make sure that they can, they can bob and weave you know, I always kind of talk about the breakage with the entrepreneurs, that that's where the opportunity is. So I hope that the next big thing is is the opportunity for hybrid, hmm. you know, that, that things will kind of settle out. You know, I'm a little, a little disappointed at times, you know, to be honest, with some of our tutoring opportunities. Mm-hmm. I have since restarted 
my tutoring company. My non-compete after selling is over. So I, I start up a tutoring company online. And I and I'm not I'm not trying to compete with the varsity tutors <laughs> or anything like that. I just think that, you know, I can find some schools that I can help. And we've got a great partner in a company called To Be Live. Mm-hmm. But as I talk to principals, they all want in person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are the client. And so we have to honor that. What we're trying to do, though, is to meet them in the middle. Okay, let's do in person. But we're also going to set up a tablet or a phone. And we're going to record everything online. And we're going to use our online tools, whiteboard, whatever it is, that gives you the opportunity as an administrator to, to watch the session. And God forbid, if, if schools have to shut down again, we're already adapted using this online platform. So we'll just, we'll just kind of convert. Um, so I hope that, that it kind of balances out and hybrid you know, becomes the new normal, not just a saying, but really, truly, you know, an opportunity for kids to learn in person and equally online and kind of, you know, everybody's happy in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for our younger kids in particular, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the long-term sort of impacts or side effects, if you will, right, of having been, you know, eager little learners for two plus years in this sort of space. But they are never going to approach the world in the same way, for example, that you and I might have based on our learning experience, because there's just so much different. And so I actually think they are, they are, they're willing, able, and highly adaptable as it relates to being able to take on a hybrid space. I don't think it really phases them in the same way. All the adults in the room freak out, but the yeah. kiddos, and granted, we all suffer from a little bit of fatigue, you know, from that, and that's the reality of it. We are humans after all, so we need those direct interactions, but... But there totally. is a space, yeah. I'm and the, curious. And the, Go ahead. Sorry, the, sorry, I was going to say the space is wide open mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. when it comes to tutoring, at least. Yeah. You know, our daughter's seven. If you gave me the opportunity for her to do, you know, soccer in person or soccer online, of course I'd pick soccer in person. Mm-hmm. But tutoring online, and frankly, I, I took Spanish classes online mm-hmm. for, for the last several months. I still do it. And it's just more convenient than having mm-hmm. to get in the car mm-hmm. and go meet somebody. Right. Um, right. And and it took COVID to kind of speed everything up five years, but I'm there, you know, in a kind of a post-COVID world-ish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm still doing it online. So I do think that that there are some really amazing opportunities to learn online. But of course, you know, again, I would pick soccer for myself or my daughter in person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that most folks would. But I also think that a lot of folks have figured out, hey, I get all this time back because I'm not in the car going someplace, right? And so it's it's letting families, communities, schools, you name it, you know, find the balance that works for them as a piece of it. So I always like to sort of close out the conversations by recognizing that, you know, people are out in the world, they're listening to this, they've, they've just, you know, heard Josh espouse these amazing things in terms of your journey, but they're really wondering, how do I take what Josh has been talking about and roll it into my own practice or my own day-to-day thinking if I'm, you know, a CEO or entrepreneur or if I'm, I'm in a school and really sort of thinking about the, 
the way you've thought about the sort of relentless iteration, I guess, if you will. And, you know, I'll circle back around with one of the things I started with is that we know that fostering that sort of innovation and entrepreneurial mindset in kids is super, super important. And often in the journey of traditional education, we we got so bogged down in our testing or what we, we believe uh, a set of standards-based education means that we forgot about what it could mean, right? right? And so I'm super curious about how you think about the sort of give back or that sort of next thing as somebody's listening to this and saying, okay, well, this is awesome, but what do I do with this? What does it have to do with me? Yeah, and I think the the amazing work you're doing with kids to have them be innovative, you know, and, and maybe think less about test scores. I mean, it's mm-hmm. also the same gut, you know, mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur. And, you know, you can do all that testing, but until you're out there trying and failing, mm-hmm. you know, you're really not going to be moving towards your goal of a better product. There's nothing perfect. There's no, there's no perfection. You're always mm-hmm. going to be trying to improve it. So I think... You know, hopefully I can kind of stand in the middle here as Cascade and say to the entrepreneurs, keep trying. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my things I always talk about, there's much work to do and undo, you know, and that's business every single day. And on the other side of that, I, I think that I've, I'm lucky enough to have worked with so many amazing principals over the years and uh, friends with them and respect their time even more so now. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that the principals and administrators can understand that we are trying to bring innovation, but we also bring, you know, as entrepreneurs, never quit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do everything we can to, to at least have a few minutes with you. So if, when the time is right, they can get back to us, you know, they can mm-hmm. find the time to give us 10 or 15 minutes to, to give us feedback. Mm-hmm. Because it may not be the right fit now, but it may be the right fit and super necessary for another principal or another school. And it could be a game changer. One, one recommendation they make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hope that at the end of the, this, you know, discussion, the principals know we care about them. We appreciate them. And, and if, if you get that email, if it is not the right time, mm-hmm. if you got time a, a month or a year from now, we're still eager to hear from you. And, and the, on the entrepreneur side, just never give up, mm-hmm. you know, keep trying and keep your head up. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice all the way around. Josh, thank you so much for making time out of your day to chat with us. We really appreciate it. And I'm super um, excited about all the things we get to learn with you today. Thank you. If, and it's a, it's a community. Yeah. So, you know, please, if there are any, any young entrepreneurs that, that are, you know, in your atmosphere, your galaxy mm-hmm. over there. I would love to to reach out to them or vice versa. And I'm here to help them along the way, just like so many other people have helped me, you know, dust myself off. So I'm here to help. Anybody can reach me. I'd be happy to talk to them. Well, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.